Hello, welcome to another edition of Matt Sporthouse. I am your host, Matthew Anderson. A lot to talk about in football this past weekend, so let's go ahead and jump right into it. Ohio, the Ohio State Buckeyes beat the Michigan State Spartans with a final score at 34-10 on Saturday night. I'm officially on the Ohio State bandwagon. Most of the media was already on it, but I needed to see it for myself, and I saw it this weekend when they played when they beat Michigan State. This is a really good competitive team all around. They have a great explosive offense that's led by Justin Fields, who's a true dual threat guy. He can run the ball. He's really fast and explosive, and he's a big guy. And he can also throw the ball with the best quarterbacks in the country. He's a Heisman candidate, obviously. They have a running – and with him running the ball, being able to run the ball and throw it, they have a great running back to tag team that – his name is J.K. Dobbins. He had 24 on Saturday night. He had 24 carries for 172 yards with one touchdowns. With Ohio State being the brand that they are, they were they were get the best skill position guys in the country. So they obviously have receivers that are fast and they go make plays. So that only helps the offense. And on defense, their defensive line really gets after the quarterback, which makes the cornerbacks and the secondary, even the linebacker jobs a lot easier. Their standout defensive lineman is Chase Young, who is a 6'5", 250-pound guy. He already has eight and a half sacks this season. And so, like I said, with him being as good as he is, he really makes the rest of the defense like not have to work quite as hard because everybody has to kind of key in on him. And he's really kind of picked up the load that the Jabosa brothers kind of left void. When they left, it was like, okay, who's going to step up now? Well, Chase Young has kind of done that. After watching them play, I, I really believe that them and LSU are the best teams in the country with Alabama being close behind. And a lot of people will argue that up and down with me. But if we're based off of specifically this season, how you're supposed to in college football, those two teams are the best teams in the country. Alabama's really close, but with LSU and Alabama both being in the SEC West, they'll play each other later in the season. So they'll we'll figure it all out then. Ohio State is not like an ACC team or teams like the, uh, even like a Big 12 team. Like they don't have a cupcake schedule. They will face Penn State and and Wisconsin before the end of the season, which are both undefeated. And also they'll play Michigan, so they will be battle tested. Like we will know a lot about Ohio State, but for right now they've just been extremely consistent. I guess is what you could say. And people don't really understand how well, and we should talk about this. People don't really understand how well the Big Ten is playing as a conference. They have four undefeated teams, including Ohio State, Wisconsin, Penn State, and Minnesota. And they have two and they have two one-loss teams, including Iowa and Michigan. So right now, this is a very good conference. I'm not going to say from top to bottom, but definitely the upper tier of it is very good. Almost like the SEC West, or really the East, if you think about Georgia and uh, Florida. And the nation really needs to put some respect on the Big Ten's name, because I get the feeling, like, really, when you're talking about, like, overall at the perspective of college football people just kind of really see the SEC West top teams but really if you look at it the Big Ten is super competitive but since we're talking about the SEC Auburn lost to Florida a ruining Auburn's undefeated season thus far with the final score of 24-13 Bo Nix had really been doing just enough for this team to win but in this game it just didn't work out for him he missed on a lot of throws, it seemed, and he kind of seemed off. And you can see that Gus Malzahn, who calls the plays, he was like visibly frustrated on the sideline because he knows the guy was open. The guys were open, and the SEC, especially on the road, you're not gonna have your guys run open too much. So you kind of gotta hit them whenever you get the opportunity. Whenever you whenever you get the opportunity, 
Bo will de- definitely learn a lot from this film. And on the other side of things, Florida's defense is, re- is something serious and, so- and a force to be reckoned with. And will and th- their defense will keep them in the hunt for the in this for the SEC East trophy for sure. They have a date with the LSU Tigers Saturday night in Death Valley, and I cannot wait to watch. You'll have two undefeated teams. I think LSU will win this one, but regardless, the atmosphere in Death Valley will be electric. I would give my left leg for a ticket to this game. This game will be super excited. Hopefully, depending on, they'll probably have some stars back up there on buys from the NFL. And LSU is really doing a good job as far as their alumni. You have a lot of their alumni like Ryan Clark and guys like that working on ESPN. And these guys are very well spoken too, so just promotes the LSU brand even more. Don Mullen, Dan Mullen has really done a heck of a job at Florida. He's a Florida head coach. He came from Mississippi State, which some thought was a lateral move, but I really get the feel he wanted to be back in Florida. But to have your quarterback go down for the rest of the season and another guy step in and they still kind of keep moving, although their offense isn't like the best part of their in the best part of their team, the defense is. It just shows a lot about the coaching and uh, the coaching staff as a, to- as a whole. With all that being said, though, I do not want to see Florida in the college football playoff. I don't like their style of football. It's not the most interesting. Like, it gets the job done, but I don't want to see them in the playoff. I don't think you, have to, you really have to worry about that anyway because as tough as SEC is, I don't think they'll make their way to the playoff, and I don't think their offense would allow them to win any games in the playoff. But I don't want to see them, but it's been good for this run, and they've really been really been putting on for the SEC East. To stay in the East, Georgia beat Tennessee with the final score, 44-13. From went, who's the quarterback for Georgia, went 29 for 34 for 288 yards and two touchdowns. The Volunteers had a 14-10 lead in the second quarter, but then what we expected to happen happened as it always does. So the Vols continue their sad season. Uh, you know, nothing to really say about that. We predicted this after the Georgia State loss. And Georgia has South Carolina next week in between the hedges. I expect a big win from Georgia. Not a big, a big win as far as how bad they beat Carolina. Not as if this would be an upset or anything like that. Oklahoma to go out to the Big 12. Oklahoma beat Kansas with the final score 45-20. Kansas played a little bit better than I expected. I think Les Miles is really getting this program like going in the right direction. He'll, and I'll say he'll stay there three, four years, and he'll probably go into a better job. But Oklahoma was too much for them overall. Oklahoma has what has what I like to call a triple threat on offense, which is what old corner, offense coordinators love to have. They have a dynamic quarterback, running back, and wide receiver combination, which really puts a lot of stress on the defensive coordinator. They have Jalen Hurts at quarterback, who's obviously – we all know who Jalen Hurts is. He's a Heisman candidate. They have Trey Sermon, who is their running back. He can really play. He's averaging 7.7 yards a carry. Think about That's almost – uh, that's like seven tenths of a first down every, every time every time he touches the ball and lets you know how explosive he is. And they have C.D. Lamb, Lam, who I think was more of a po- I think he'll be more of a polished product than Marquise Brown, Hollywood Brown, who plays for the Ravens. That was a first round pick. And C.D. Lamb will be a first round wide receiver choice uh, in this year's up, in this upcoming year's draft. I mean, you saw him play against Alabama last year in the playoff, and you see even against top top competition, he really comes to play. So. This is an offensive coordinated dream. Lincoln Riley already doesn't need too much to work with, so this is just uh, icing on the cake, if you will. But Oklahoma does have a big matchup Saturday in the Red River, Red, the Red River rivalry in the Cotton Bowl against Texas, who had to fight this past weekend to beat West Virginia. 
this game, that Red River rivalry is going to be huge and will really let me know where Oklahoma stands when it comes to heavyweight teams since this will really be the best team they have played all year. They haven't really played against a really good team yet. So once we see how they play Texas, because Texas played LSU and played them pretty well. So after we see this game, we'll really be able to judge where Oklahoma stands in the way of the, in the grand scheme of things. But now to the NFLs. The Green Bay Packers are really something serious this year. Now that Aaron Rodgers has a defense, this is something he's always lacked besides like a couple years. But so therefore he kind of had to carry his team on his back. But now he can kind of sit back and watch his defense his defense go to work. Uh he's still visibly arguing with his coach on the sideline. Maybe it's just because the cameras are getting put over there. It is what it is, but this is a results-based business and he's winning right now. They beat the Cowboys in Dallas yesterday with the final score of 34 to 24. Aaron went 22 for 34 for 238 yards passing. The defense forced Dak to throw three interceptions. I think this is the most interceptions Dak Prescott has ever thrown in a game. But you got to watch out for these Packers this season. They're now 4-1. To stay in the fine state of Texas, the Deshaun Watson, the Texans beat Atlanta 53-32. Deshaun Watson went 28 for 33 for 426 yards and five touchdowns. This is a complete D-Watt. Amazing. Deshaun Watson just amazing. This is a complete turnaround. After last week only scoring, the Texans only scored 10 points, and Deshaun only threw for 160 yards. Deshaun has gotten this habit of breaking down the game in the press conferences afterwards. I'm absolutely loving it. It's really letting people understand what all football is about. It's not just go, throwing it to the wide open guy. He explains coverage and stuff like that. So if you get a chance, go check it out on Twitter. Uh, Will Fuller, though, his receiver was a high reception guy with 14 catches for 217 yards and three touchdowns. So as Mark May and Lou Holtz used to say, they don't do this anymore. ESP used to do it. I loved it. They gave guys helmet stickers. Well, I'm going to say him and Deshaun deserve a helmet sticker this week. In Kansas City, it appears that until Tyreek returns, people decided people have, well, coaches, defense coordinators have decided they're going to play physical man coverage and get a great pass rush on Patrick McCombs, or as Shannon Sharp said, Patty McComb boy. And it worked yesterday, causing visible frustration to Patrick McCombs. He was even injured, it seemed like, for a little bit in the whole, I'm sure everybody in the field was like, oh, God, because this guy's like a marketing, like, he plays so well. It really brings a lot of attention. He is very energetic with it, so people love to watch the NFL even more just because he's playing hence marketing when this team however gets Sammy and Tyreek back I expect the offense to return to being the most explosive to being the most explosive in all the NFL because you really can't cover Tyreek in man coverage he'll run right past you and Sammy is a matchup problem for anybody because you know he runs great routes he's very fluent he's got that Florida speed so they're just waiting for those guys to get back and they'll be back on track Travis Kelsey Travis Kelsey Kelsey however they say his name he dropped a couple more passes than was expected. He was also kind of frustrated, you could tell, uh, especially like the first half of the game. So I'm sure he'll be back in his groove. So everybody can't you can't have a great day every day. Sometimes you gotta have all day, so you have something to reflect on. Lastly, the Jaguars are not budging in trading Jalen Ramsey, even after receiving an offer that included getting two first-round picks in exchange for him, his talents, I guess you could say. Ramsey, did, Ramsey didn't even travel with the team as he reportedly has a lingering back issue that, according to head coach Doug Marone, he'll probably go see a specialist for. People were very upset, though, because he was in Houston with Deshaun Watson, their agent, after the game. So people were like, yo, so you didn't even travel with your team? And because everybody knows that he doesn't want to be there, it's really kind of bothering them. Let's, oh, well, actually, this is breaking news. So breaking news, I don't have, like, the little dinger. But if I did, I'd be like, breaking news, breaking news. The Redskins have fired Jay Gruden and Bill Callahan, the offensive line coach, and I think assistant head coach, will be the interim head coach. 
Gruden has been the head coach for five seasons. They posted a record of 35-49-1. Obviously, that means he lost more games than they won. That's never a good sign. This shouldn't shock any Redskins fans that the team is 0-5 this season. I didn't. It didn't really seem as if they were moving in the right direction under him. Also, I kind of felt like him and management were, were not on the same page. He wanted Daniel Jones to be his next quarterback. Management wanted Dwayne Haskins. In order for you to have a successful NFL organization with all the problems that come with the NFL, your coaching staff and management have to be on the same page. It's essential. Otherwise, it's just going to be a mess. It's like having a... Um, it's like having an owner and a general manager being on a different page. It, it just doesn't work because you, you can never really move in the same direction because you always have people like, we should have done this or we should have done that. <clears throat> but, yeah, so that's all. A lot happening in sports. Can't wait to the next episode. If you have any questions, comments, or concerns, hit me on Twitter at Matt the Chosen One. I'm still working on getting that Matt Sporthouse Twitter page coming, but it's coming like a thief in the night. So thanks for listening, and I'll see you all next week.